Warning, the following episode was recorded months before the tragic death of Tyree Nichols. Due to the nature of today's discussion, we would like to apologize if this episode comes off insensitive to some. Our thoughts and prayers are with the Nichols family and others who have lost their lives due to police misconduct. Now, let's learn and begin to heal together. Hey, hey, welcome to a brand new episode of Fresh Rule Podcast. I am your host, Calvin. Hey, we are having a great season. We have some phenomenal guests, and I am learning a lot on this journey towards the end uh, of our podcast journey. It has been a phenomenal ride. We've had some great stories. We cried, we laughed, uh, we got angry, we had some arguments with Christina. You know, she's not here right now, but she made my life a living. No, I'm just kidding. No, but we've had some impactful episodes, and I think that. Uh, one thing about our podcast, a lot of people don't tune in because they already have an assumption what our show is about. Needless to say, they're very much wrong because what our show is that you would get a mix of everything from different races, different political views, stuff like that. But there's only one rule to our show, which we always say is you got to be straight up. And I think that's something that we always do. Uh, with our show, we always want to bring in conversations that want to be not only impactful, but it's a learning experience for other people because uh, we all live in this world together. And I think that the more that we learn from each other, the more that we can learn to heal and accept each other. But uh, so when you come to our show, uh, we want you to learn. We want you to take away something for the episode and maybe that you can understand what people go through. Uh, I think one of our most controversial episodes is the one about OnlyFans, and you hear that word OnlyFans, and then you would think on the outside, "Oh, this show is sexual," but it 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 really changed your mind about OnlyFans. And for those who didn't watch it, I encourage you to go to our podcast uh, website, StrepShowPodcast.com, and actually listen to the episode to learn about it, about what happened on the episode and the, the particular curveball uh, with the episode. Uh, but today's episode is no different, uh, and. Uh, as you know, I'm an African-American man. I am a proud black man. And, you know, I come from the basically the streets, Project Kid. And it has not been the easiest growing up and becoming a man. Even though I'm still in my 30s, I'm still learning how to be a man. And uh, if you are in America or outside of America, you may perceive African-American men a different way. Uh, one of our famous episodes, our global uh, impact episode about when George Floyd was killed. We talked to foreigners about why they were protesting about George Floyd. And they admitted that they had a different perception of black men in America. And it was totally false because they always see us as rappers and entertainers and uh, stuff like that. But they don't know the, the true side of how some men are. So today's episode, we talked about in our previous episode about uh, we had an advocate who really was going hard about for a woman, she was going hard for black men to get more uh, acceptance and more uh, shoulders to lean on because sometimes it's not very, in most communities, it's not really welcome. So today we want to talk about that and kind of just talk about, hey, we are here as black men, we are educated, and we're not a monolith. So we had this episode before called The Black Barbershop. Uh, and this is kind of like the same episode, but this is more personal because uh, our guests today are, I like to call my, I don't have any brothers, so I call them my brothers. One is actually related to me, uh, but 
Uh, so today's guests, uh, one, oh, actually two of them are actually former guests of the show, uh, and one's new to the show. So uh, help me welcome today's guests, David, Robbie, and CJ. How you guys doing today? Good. 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 Feeling good, feeling great. So. Yeah, CJ, I'm pretty sure y'all have, I think CJ maybe is tied for the most appearances on our show, I think. Yeah, we're, uh, getting there. we're getting there. Getting there. I think Dr. Thompson has you beat, I'm not for sure, but I think CJ's tied, I, could be. Uh, I'm definitely in the top three. Somewhere top three, yeah, top yeah, three. No question. And Dave's been on here before, but Robbie, Robbie's new. But before we get started, let's kind of just tell us, you know, uh, who you are and everything like that. So uh, first, I'll start with Dave. Dave, how you doing? Hi, man. So my, my name is David. I'm uh, I'm, I'm coming from Louisiana. Uh, <laughs> I'm definitely not So uh, I've been a nurse for maybe the last, like, 10, 12 years or so, uh, med surgeon psych. Um, Louisiana born and raised, country boy. Uh, just, just here. I'm every, I'm everything pro us. You know what I'm saying? I'm pro my people. I'm pro friends. I'm pro positivity. I'm pro, you know, I'm pro getting it. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's it. That's me. And I want to highlight David's shirt. Uh, and one thing about David oh. is that he <laughs> is a proud black father. What's the shirt that, what's it say, David? What does it say? Exactly. It says black fathers exist. You better Indeed. represent, man. Indeed. All day, every day. Yeah. Yes, sir. And that's that's kind of what we're gonna talk about today, too, is that black fathers do exist. And uh before we go any further with that, uh I want to introduce to you my cousin, Mr. Robbie. Robbie, what's up? And what's up, cousin Cow? Everything's been good on your end. Yes, sir. And it's funny because like I met Robbie through CJ, and then we found out that you know what? Oh, wait a minute. We got the same blood. Wait a minute. Like, <laughs> right. Who's the most random your fact most, we just found out? What's your last so name? Carol. Wait, we related to those Carol? Like, okay. All right. Well, all we cousins. Like, so, man. We all related somehow. Somehow, man. Oh, yeah. Like, so, Robbie is my His second. roots run deep. Real deep. Especially in Louisiana, man. It just. Uh, DJ, can you play Clarence Carter stroking? No, I'm just kidding. So. Uh, <laughs> That's Nick Cannon's song. I'm sorry, my bad. Oh, <laughs> oh don't do it. Don't, yeah, like that. Oh, don't do it like that. That's Nick oh. Cannon's song, man. But no, uh, so last but not least, uh, the famous, the, the one and only Mr. Charles C.J. Johnson. Sir, how you doing today? Don't do that, man. Don't do that, man. I, I look, I'm feeling fantastic, man. Another day on the right side of the dirt. Okay. Uh, yeah, man, I'm good. I'm good, man. And I, and not to make you make Robbie or David feel bad, but CJ is like a fan favorite because when I get people talking about our shows, like, oh man, I love CJ. I love like I'm glad that you got CJ's face on here because to see his reactions about the tournaments and like CJ, man, you have given our podcast so much energy, just all the smallest stuff. But man, so even though this is the a wrap up to our season coming up. Uh, I want to say thank you, man, because you really have been a focal point on this podcast, not just because of the entertainment you bring, but because of knowledge as well. And as one of the reasons why I have these gentlemen in particular, because uh, I don't really share my personal life or personal struggles with anybody. And anybody can tell you that, especially Dave. Like, I'm very, I'm very closed in. Uh, but these are three gentlemen that I really, uh, I really respect their opinion. 
because even though that like uh we're like brothers we argue you know we cry and stuff like that but i really respect uh their opinions about life itself and i think that uh man we traveled the road man we, we look we need another trip road trip because we have not i don't think you know what, we've been long th- overdue for a, 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 a well, san antonio when no the nah, last trip to dallas was, yeah. before the pandemic popped off mm-hmm. that was our last like you know, trip, but if we want to talk about like road trip that we all traveled to, I think that was San Antonio. San Antonio. San Antonio. And I think it's maybe been like three years since we all been in the same room together. It's been a minute. It's been, yeah. about, about. It's been a minute. Yeah. Like three years. Wow. Like, yeah. So, mm-hmm. but we, I've traveled the road with these guys and like just to have, when even if not being black, just being a person in general, to have somebody that can talk to you. On it, uh, how to put this? One guy told me a mature, an emotional mature person. There we go, emotional yeah. mature person. To have that in your life, I think that is one of the best qualities you can have with anybody that's a friend or family, somebody that's emotionally mature uh, with you. And I think with these gentlemen, I think that because I think highly of myself, but I think these gentlemen are just as high as well because they have given me knowledge and, and made me open my eyes up to stuff that I didn't think. I, I would think about like finances and emotions and how to carry myself, especially with me getting hot headed because they know I can get hot headed. So, uh, <laughs> and so just stuff like, so just, but these guys, and it's all with love too. So, I mean, before we get started, I want to say, I love y'all, man. So thank y'all for being in my corner and help me out through all the process in life. Man, we love you too, homie. Yeah. No crap, bro. No man. Crap, bro. man, so like, so it's before- all love, man. It's all love. I, I was gonna wait until <laughs> to the end of the show to start this, but I'm gonna ask you, let's do an icebreaker right quick. Cool. So, uh, if, for those who don't know, in the black communities, black American community, we always think about okay, what kind of black man am I gonna be growing up? So, I want to go around the table right quick because you got different kind of older black men, and we respect our elders, but look, we, we're in our 30s. We we about to hit that age pretty soon, so it's coming. It's coming. So I want to know, especially from Dave, right quick. What kind of black man do you think you're going to be growing up? Are you going to be the tracksuit pan? You're going to be the preacher wearing the, the slacks at the mall? What kind of black man do you think you're going to be? Man, I think I'm. I think I'm going to be pretty much about where I am right now. I'm going to be, will be in my, my t-shirt, comfortable <laughs> shorts, comfortable shorts, comfortable walking shorts. around, right? Walking around in my my house, my house shoes with socks. And that's it. Kicking back, kicking back, relaxing, man. That's it. I've I've learned I've learned uh, just with all the work that I've done from a younger age to getting older. I've gotten to that point where now, like, time has just gotten so important. You know what I'm saying? I I like I like to take I like to take time to just relax, man. Take time to rest. You know, life is gonna be busy. Problems gonna gonna be there today. They'll be there tomorrow. They'll be there a week down the line. So. When you get time to kick back and relax and chill, you know, make the most of it. So that's me. Comfortable. Right. Comfortable. Okay. CJ, what about you? Um, so for uh all of the uh the audio listeners, right? Uh Calvin alluded to uh the tracksuit uncle. <laughs> and I'm currently wearing a tracksuit. <laughs> So definitely styling wise, oh yeah, tracksuit all day. Bro, look, 
I can't even remember the last time I wore denim jeans. Like, I look, I like the feel of that polyester, that that stretchy material, bro. Look, I mean, I can wear some jeans. I can. They're cool. But look, I just, it's something about just the comfortableness of a tracksuit. Bro, uh, and I feel bad because, like, you know, I always thought that was that was for big people. You know what I mean? CJ is, CJ is, is it's a comfortable. It's, it's a all about comfortability, man. Yeah, like it has nothing to do with weight. It just has like it's just feeling wise. Like it's for, at least for me at this age, right? Like I can't just like lounge around in like you know a, a seat or a chair or something for longer than an hour or two or something if I'm in jean jeans. Right. Like if I'm going out somewhere, obviously, OK, I'll bite the bullet. But like if I'm at home just chilling, I can't I can't do this in some in some Wranglers. I can't do this in, in, in some Levi's. Like, no, I think that's yeah. your material, baby. Come on now. You got to have it. And you know, what's crazy. It is not, it's not even about like, like just being in the suits because look at Mark Zuckerberg. Like he'll go to his press conference wearing like a T-shirt. It's like, you don't care, man. So I'm like, look, if he can make billions of dollars and still, man, come on now. It's the way of the world. I mean, even if you look at how Jay-Z tends to dress these days, right? Like, it's not that flashy. Not anymore. I did a a wedding. I was like, man, I had some church shoes. I was like, man, no, this is horrible. Why does it hurt? Why do these church shoes hurt? Like, no, I'm good. No, man. So, Robbie, what kind of stylish older black man do you think you're going to be? What kind of style are you going to have? Man, as long as I ain't on no Spice Adam stuff with the shorts that's over my knees, because I don't, I don't put lotion on my kneecaps, so y'all can't be seeing that. As long as I ain't wearing no sandals. Nah, nah, I'm just kidding. Like, man, I got a few uncles, man, that keep it all the way playing, so I think I'll probably have that Silver Fox thing going, man. I think I'll be pretty fly whenever I get older. And what's the silver fox? He will absolutely be dressed to the nines. He'll he'll find a random reason to wear a shirt with a vest on it. Like, just, yeah. Beer gonna be white and crispy. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. I'll probably be bald by then, but you know what I'm saying? I'll still be fly. Now, I I did, I did, uh, I want to add one more thing. So, I mentioned um, to Rob all the time, I want to get that Reed Richards. With, with the gray on the uh, side. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Give me that. I'm I'm good. Yeah. I'm good to go, man. Kind of looking like, uh, what's his name? Nick Fury. The Nick Fury. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, the original Nick Fury. The original from, Nick Fury. You know, Nick the first one. Not the, the, not the ball. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> not the ball. Not the ball head one. Nah, uh, even though. No, nah. no. Nah. I think, yeah. I think I'll, I'll be like UCJ. I'll track suits too. And, uh, uh-huh. and but my thing is, I'm going to have me a Bluetooth. I'm going to give me a Bluetooth, bro. I'm gonna be in the mall with a blue. Hey, Turner, Turner, how you doing, Turner? Like, hey. that's gonna be me, bro. That's gonna be me. Just and, and just don't do the one with that long microphone. Oh no, nah, <laughs> nah. looking like you with the CIA or something. <laughs> it's like like, you, coming like you doing customer service, man. Like I'm about to I'm about to dig on my dad right quick. Cause my dad, like, I don't know what happened. Like, he's wearing Jordans. He's wearing like skinny jeans now. He's wearing like those uh those uh city trend shirts like the, the with the uh Tasman Tasmanian devil uh gold teeth <laughs> like like in a in a snapback like I'm like man what what's what come on dad what you, what you doing man like now that's one thing I I can say about all of us is that I don't think any of us will be that type of elder 
that's trying to relive their younger days. I think we all will be comfortable in whatever phase of life that we're in. I don't know. That that midlife midlife crisis may hit all of us, man. Like, and I hope not. I hope not. I I love you. Well, we know what Cal is getting his dad for Christmas. (laughs) Bringing out that that fat Albert Fubu. Get him the snapbacks, like, like. I'm sorry, pops, but man, I don't know what's going on, man. I don't know what you do. Give him a champion shirt. That's what he need. That's that's what's popping these days. Man, I got him a made a comeback. Yeah, yeah. He has like 15 Facebooks and everything right now. So I mean, dang. Yeah, man. Got the burner accounts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Can't keep them off of him. He can't, he can't remember his password. That's what it is. Like, <laughs> can't beat him off with a stick. Oh, can't man. Be, probably shouldn't sit in on this show, you know? <laughs> anyway. Man, quit throwing your dad out there like that. <laughs> but no, man. And you know what's crazy? We we have a, 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 a an arena full of black men that we have very proud of. And like I said, we have fun. Uh, even with my dad, man, we have fun. I like to see that. This is all about black positivity. These are the conversations that we have within the black men community. We're gonna talk more about like us as black men on the other side of the break. Make sure you stay tuned to Straight Up Show Podcast. Straight up, we know that all lives matter, but historical events have shown that there is an inverse power dynamic between the races in our country. To highlight this, we present our Black Lives Matter merchandise. Because let's be real. Some of you don't seem to understand that this isn't the organization, but a message. That message, end inequality towards minorities in America. And just in case that's too complicated for you in English, we have the phrase translated into 10 different languages. Visit StraightUpShowPodcast.com for this and all our other merch. That's S-T-R, the number 8, ShowPodcast.com. Shirts as low as $19.99. I think straight up means to be able to speak in a way that is straight up, to be honest and to speak your truth. Raw, uncut, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's blunt, you know, straight to the point, this what it is. It's just a place to be open and honest, and that's what I appreciate most about it, and it provides a place for community members to come together and just be straight up with each other about things that are going on in the world because it affects all of us. Uh, unfiltered, raw, with all the cursing that Calvin does. Straight up is just being real, telling it, telling it like it is, you know, um, being you. Being solid, being who you are, no matter what it is, no matter what situation you're faced with, right? This is who you are. It really, it really speaks to me saying it is what it is and it ain't what it is. Straight up. Welcome back to the Straight Up Show podcast. I am your host, Calvin. Today I'm joined by my lovely brothers i call them my brothers one is my actual cousin but we got dave cj and robbie rob uh making his debut on the trail show podcast once again gentlemen thank you so much for coming on the show today not a problem man not a problem great Good to be time. here and i think that with our group with the, with the four of us like we're so close because i think that like it today's episode is to kind of give you an inside look of 
different kind of black men in America. Uh, because like I said, we talked about a previous episode to where a previous episode to where foreigners kind of had that had the idea of us uh as people that are entertainers and rappers and like, you know, but we are all college educated. Uh we all have great jobs. And but this is stuff that you do not see on TV or is not displayed. And I think that like it, and it's crazy because in the current state of, I think, in my opinion, all this is, and today, today's episode is just our opinion. It's not fact or fiction. It's just how we feel and what we're going through uh, as Black men. But, uh, I, like, case in point, there is a TV show, or it was a TV show, called Atlanta. It was on FX with Childish Gambino. And it was the perfect idea of Afro-surrealism. Uh, Afro, is that right? Afro-realism, is that right? I'm not for sure it's right now, but like, we're gonna roll with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna roll with it. Right. But, but like, it, it's it's a show that kind of challenges Black Americans, and it shows the different, like, you know, ignorance and different like stereotypes, and it exposes them to kind of make us feel accountable. So, and a lot of people, like, even in the comment sections, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. And it, and it's kind of like you know. It makes me question where we are, not only as black people, but uh, black men, but, but black people in itself in America. And me and Dave talked about this. That I think that, and this may trigger some people, but, and I want to ask y'all how y'all feel about me saying this. I really think when it comes to the black Americans, our biggest issue is that we've suffered from an, an identity crisis. Dave, what do you think about that? Uh, yeah, I definitely agree with that um, on many different levels. And this, uh, honestly, it shows like that subject actually, it goes back to, we have to go back, way back. You no, know, of course, slavery is always there. That's the first big thing that fingers always point to is slavery. But from the time frame of us coming from, you know, the African diaspora, slavery, being here, post-slavery afterwards, um, the education system that's in place, uh, programs, prison system, all these things that are in place right now, your typical black person can't trace back the generations beyond, you know, beyond maybe great grandfather. And because of that, there is no understanding. There's a lot of black understanding of who we actually are. And um and so that's an issue. And when you don't know who you are, then you really don't know what you can be or you really don't know what your full potential is. And you're very easily swayed by what you see. And so for young men growing up in our communities, what, what do we see in the movies? What do we see, you know, in media? What do we see in on, te what, on television? What do we hear in our music? That becomes what we identify with because there's no real history able to be taught from generation down. And we allow outside cultures to basically speak on and tell us who we are. Like there once was a point in time where, you know, in recent time where we were thinking, well, you know, we were the kings. We are, we were the we were the Egyptians, we were this, that, and the other. And outside people have come in and said, Oh no, that wasn't y'all. So now there's a big issue going on and they're like, Well, if that's the case and we weren't the Egyptians, we weren't the kings, then we must have been, you know, the slaves and the Hebrews. And then now there's an issue going on right now with that. Oh, no, that's not who you are. So if we can't be this, if we can't be that, and if every time we find ways to try to build wealth and be something, we have outside forces that 
knock that down or, or cancel that, then what are we supposed to be? And unfortunately, all that America tends to show us and our kids and our people is we can be athletes or we can be hoodlums or we can be pretty much, you know, nothing or we're at the lowest of something or we're always under somebody else. That's what we always find ourselves at a level of either servitude or nothing. And that's all that America seems to want us to be. So that's kind of my, that's kind of my take on my thought on. And like I said, I, it goes beyond America because when people were I mean, like, I had a, a Ukrainian uh, foreign exchange student, y'all know Julia. Uh, and so she said that in their history books and like when they learned in American history, it just, it stops at slavery about when it comes to African-Americans, it just stops at, oh, my bad. It stops at Dr. King. That's it. That That's it. So they don't, they don't talk about like the progression of black people in America in their books overseas. And, and to be, to be fair, that goes both ways too, because we learn about different countries and we think that, you know, they have a different kind of way of life and it's not true because, and, and Americans can be as arrogant as anybody out there. Trust me. I, I know. Um, but CJ, uh, same question. Like, you know, when it comes to most black people in America, uh, do you think that we suffer from an identity crisis? Uh, absolutely. And uh, I mean, everything that Dave said, spot on, uh, I'll take it a step further. Um, let's say you have, right, somebody that is absolute hustler, right? Like they know how to grind. They know how to get things done, right? If that person was to lose all the money that they had, do y'all think that person will be able to eventually get that money back? Yeah. If they had that hustle mindset, yeah. If See what I'm saying? Mindset. See what yeah. I'm saying? They, they got the hustle mindset, right? So regardless of whether that person lost their fortune, right? Given enough time, they'll be able to get right back to that same point, right? Because it was their skills, it was their hustle mentality that was able to get them to that point in the first place, right? Translating that to what's going on in the black community, we don't have that mentality anymore. Because if we did, we would eventually get back to our quote unquote greatness, right? So what do I mean by that? So if you go back to, I want to say it was what, like Roaring Twenties, right? Like that was around the time where like black culture was like really booming, right? You know, uh, around Black Wall Street days, right? Tulsa, okay, right? We had this mindset, right? We had this mindset in the past, but what has happened is enough generations has passed that's been brainwashed or whatever word you want to use right to where we no longer have that same amount of hustle now it's no longer us going after what we naturally want to go after now it's we're going after what's being fed to us and it's happened mm. so many times that enough generation cycles have adopted this to where now this is the norm now what was happening in the 20s is no longer the norm so yeah, like this is the dilemma that we're at. Like basically we have to create another hard reset of several generations that implements that mentality of, okay, get up, grind, make it happen. 
And it's only until we get to that point to where we can start to see that natural change and that natural turnover. But until then, oh, it's it, it's tough out in these streets. And, and it's and it's scary because like like something as simple as voting. And if you really think in the grand scheme of things, like how much like is because I don't think people realize like Dr. King works from Montgomery to or was it Salem or Montgomery? I forget about it, my bad. See, I'm a look at my bad story already. <laughs> I think it, it was, was a lot of miles. A lot of miles. A lot of miles. A lot of miles. But like, but he ended up at the Capitol uh in Washington, DC, but all because they wanted equal rights, civil rights, and stuff like that. But you don't unless somebody gets killed or we have to protest police brutality, you don't see us in the streets fighting for stuff anymore. And the kind of especially our generation, like, you know, uh, you know, and I keep I, I y'all keep hearing the story, but my grandma had cancer and she will walk to go vote just to go vote to cast her vote and it's like we don't have that mentality like all right we're just kind of comfortable so that's why i think that we suffer from a somewhat especially right now uh an identity crisis and i want to hear from robbie robbie what do you think i mean that just goes in like what you're saying like we have all these woke characters and everything they only show up whenever it's like something going on but when we really need them it's crickets they're nowhere to be yeah. found so yeah. and, and and it's crazy because like when we did the barbershop episode last time you know we had a uh, shout out to Dothier, shout out to dorsey shout out to uh the uh, other cj yeah the other <laughs> cj uh Mo. and these are these are guys professional who one's a cop one's an actor one's a preacher one's a uh social media influencer uh, and I'm, I'm I forgot somebody else too, actor and me I guess, but <laughs> but like we, we were all positive black men role models. And would you be surprised to hear that, especially after what Robbie just said? Like, do you know after that episode, people our own people were called us conservatives and sellouts and stuff like that. That's the criticism I got for the, the episode. It was a powerful episode, but we were criticized for saying that well. Y'all speaking out against black people. Y'all are conservative. Y'all sound like Uncle Tom. Because we're going against the norm. And once again, that goes back into one of, uh, you know, uh, one of the tropes or, you know, whatever you want to call it, right? That has been indoctrinated into our system is you don't go against the group think, right? If you're saying, like, it's to the point now to where you can't give constructive criticism like literally information that will benefit you if you take it right that's considered hating Mm -hmm. so yeah man it's just it's messed up and like and and robbie i want want to hear from you right quick do do you think because in, in in rest in peace take off uh what happened with him was unfortunate you know and one thing when I saw this happen, and like we we know about black music, we know about the music and how it displays, like it can be reality and stuff like that, especially when it comes to black on black uh, crime. But the what kind of stuck in my mind after hearing Takeoff got killed, and for those who don't know, Takeoff was rapping amigos. Uh, he was killed at a bowling alley on Halloween night. Uh, he got st- struck by a straight bullet after an argument happened. And after the argument happened, they started pushing and shoving, and a gun was there, and they started shooting at each other. 
Takeoff was an innocent bystander and he got killed. Uh, and his death sparked, you know, sound wave or shock, shock waves throughout not only the black community, but the world too, where they had his funeral at one of the biggest arenas in Atlanta. Uh, but after he died, you got different rappers making uh, tribute songs to him. But what stuck out to me was seeing rapper designer. Uh, I don't know if y'all saw what happened, but he was on Instagram live crying, you know, rightfully so. But he said, I'm giving up rap. I'm, I'm giving up rap. It's not worth this anymore. And I want to hear from Robbie. Do you think that even with takeoffs death, do you think that people are seeing like, okay, now this is art, but it's slowly become a reality. This is too much reality. Well, as far as like the giving up rap thing, like I don't really think that had anything to do with anything. It was more so of being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Well, I, I think with him, he was just saying like he gives a rap because like what comes with the rap, like what comes with the guns and all that stuff like that. Do you think that like like well, just once again, like I said, that's that just goes to being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Like I think his net worth was what twenty five mil. Could be yeah. So like, why are you like in the corner playing dice with low level guys when it's already said, you know, like most low level people are going to hate on you because of your success. So I don't know. Strong point. Yeah, man. Yeah. He he ain't lying, man. Um, I, (laughs) me personally, um, I'm going to just be honest. I don't think this is going to change anything. I think that this is going to be one of the, like, in the moment, it hurts, right? In the moment, it makes you look, man, maybe this music is going too far. You know, maybe talking about, you know, all this gunplay and stuff in these songs is too much, right? But we were saying the same thing when Nipsey happened, Mm. right? Mm. Saying the same Mm. thing when P&B Rock happened, Mm. right? And we right back here. Nothing's changed. I mean, dude, like... But correct me if I'm wrong. Migos doesn't really rap about gunplay or anything, though. Do they? Like, like, they mostly rap about... They have a song called they Band. They do a little though. bit. Yeah, they got a song they called they Band. They do a little yeah. bit. Like, like, like over, just I'm, over... I'm not going to sit here and hold you, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not real familiar with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But, you know... And so yeah, I, I thought they were more of your party type. No, they got they got a B side. They got a B side. Yeah, that's a B side. That's a B side. But see that that goes back to okay. what 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 Calvin was saying is like this is what comes with the lifestyle. Like the ones that get put on that high mainstream pedal in hip hop, they're mainly talking about gunplay. They're mainly talking about drug use, right? And it's like like stuff that's not going to push our culture forward, right? So it's like yeah. You can join, you know, this level of prestige, of, of fame, but you got to do it at the cost of, of this, of X, mm-hmm. Y, and Z. So it's like, you know, he's basically saying, like, is it worth it anymore? No amount of money is worth the amount of stress I got to go through of having to look, you know, over my back, over my shoulder or whatnot. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like, I mean, you got to understand, you, you can't put a price on yourself. Like, for your values. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and so unfortunately, that's kind of where we're at and where we're finding ourselves. And it's been working in this direction for a long time. And the way I see it is, you know, old, older folks always say, you know, stuff like basically what what one 
what one generation allows, the other generation will accept, or the next generation will accept or they'll embrace. And basically what happened, what really happened with this was there was a point where the music changed. It became a lot more about the drugs, the guns. The, now, mind you, it's always been there. You know what I'm saying? Even if you go back to early, you know, 1980, early 1990, you know, with, with all of them, you know what I'm saying? The Airbnbs and the Rakims and the, all of that. There was music. They they talked about you know there was party at the same time. There was a fighter breakout and there was it was like a step to me. I'm a but it, it got to a point where things just got too dark. And not only that, but once again, those who are in control or who are over the industry, they put a push. You have to realize like what kind of money goes into being on the radio, the radio play, and this that and other. Companies put money to push the agenda of what we're seeing. It makes no sense because when you look at our other other genres and our other counterparts, they're not, they don't have to do the same things that we have to do to find fame or to get money or to get paid. No other culture besides the so-called hip-hop culture uh, does a woman have to degrade herself and twerk in order to make it in the industry. Or does the conversation have to be about drugs and guns and shooting and killing and this, that, and the other? But the money that the companies are spending to push this amongst us for our people, our children, our kids versus other industries. If you're looking at country music, the women in the country music scene, they keep their clothes on. They don't have to walk around naked. It's not even a thing. They can sing their songs about what they want to sing about, and they're fine. The pop, they can sing about what they want to sing about, and it's fine. The rock and roll can mostly sing about what they want to sing about, and it's fine. Even with your heavy metal and stuff like that, they talk about drugs and things like this and heavy metal all the time. You don't see them going around killing each other. Yeah. And they're able to make money, and it's just fine. Why is it only with hip-hop? Why is it only with our culture? Do we have to degrade our women and they got to be naked and they got to be B's and H's and all this type of stuff? We Everybody got to be a drug dealer. Everything is about hate, opposition, and killing, and this, that, and other. And it's only with us. And that gets praised and that gets pushed. You and have a lot of rappers who have a higher level conversation in their rap songs, but they don't even get radio play unless they slip it into something you know, they have to sit there and basically put the medicine in the candy in order to slip in a couple of positive words or some something influential. They got to hit you with a little bit of dark stuff too in order to get by or they're not getting played at all. And that don't happen if you ain't mainstream. Yep, and that's crazy. Only a few. Yep, and that's crazy because like, I, that was my next point, David. You, you took it right out of my mouth. That was like, because like, you don't hear about the Kendricks and you don't hear about the, the uh, J. Coles as much as much i'm not saying that like you hear about them but they're they're mainstream but we all know what happened to lupe you know like just got too woke and then they try to shut them down and stuff like that but then uh, i transitioned to this because i'm not making this whole episode about music but i because and i don't know about y'all but i often think about where did we go wrong like because from the history from what i learned in history i, I learned history is that you know we had the 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 Huey P Newtons, we had the 
you know, the Fred Hamptons and stuff like that and does fighting for rights. And then, you know, I think when all that happened, that's when we started seeing the tide turn to where you had the, because, the, the, you know, the Bloods and the Crips came from the Black Panther Party because, you know, you had the community resistance and progress, which is the Crips and the Bloods. And a lot of people know that, like, a lot of people don't know that the Crips and the Bloods started off as part of the Black Panther Party. If you came to the community in the Black Panther Party and they ask you, hey, where's such and such? Where's well, my blood? That's my blood. Who is that? He's my blood. He's my blood. But with the Crips, it was the community resistance and progress. They had different, like the Black Panther Party had different schools. They had different you know, lunches. They fed the community. But and we all know, and, and which is, and this is probably the most embarrassing thing I say in my whole life. I didn't know about Black Wall Street until three years ago. Hey, bet, better late than never. <laughs> but but you know that's but you but, be, but you be surprised. A lot of people didn't know about Black Wall Street until maybe about a year or two ago. Yeah, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and and to know that that's that like so it is not that. And to keep in mind, this episode is not about anti-white. And I think that even with everything going on with the whole Kyrie and stuff like that, it's not we're not anti-white at all. So if you come in and you, you listen right now, we're not anti-white. As stated before, we're just a community looking for our identity. And within part of our identity, we keep killing each other. And it's like, at this point in time, like, who are we? Are we just people that kill each other? We hate each other? Like, we hate the color of our skin? Like, it's crazy because I, I even go on dating apps sometimes. And one of the qualifications is no Blacks. I'm like, dang, we, we hate it that much? Like, you just come out, no Blacks. But you're not racist, though. Are those day naps, Kevin? Yes, that's what I'm saying. Like, those are day naps, yes. <laughs> oh. But, like, you would see, like, I don't talk to black guys. Like, mm-hmm. For right. what reason? Like, are we all thugs? Like... Like, are we all gangsters? Like, you know, it was like, no, they might think that. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, sad I had to say that. That's the perception. Like, mm-hmm. and even like we had a me and me and Brandon, our co-host, we had an argument about this, and and and, and, and you know, Brandon has his own thoughts and stuff like that. He can be however he is, but Brandon got a brand new car, and this is back, and this is a story that y'all probably can relate to, but. uh during this time, there's a neighborhood in our hometown called Broadmoor, and they were doing some community policing. They were just stopping anybody that didn't look like them that lived in Broadmoor. And, you know, of course, me and Brandon worked in a news station, so we we were hearing the story about it. Brandon bought a brand new car. It's cold outside, whatever. Brandon is picking car off the lot, shiny, brand new. And we, we me and Brandon worked night shift, so we get off at midnight or think midnight, yeah, whatever. So, but Brandon would drive his brand new car around the neighborhood where we were located at, where his hoodie on. And I'm like, bro, like, why are you doing that? You know what I mean? And of course, Brandon, I'm, I'm going to do what I want. But, and I guess he didn't care. But to me, I was worried for him. You know what I mean? And we talked to a psychiatrist about this, but she was like, you know, uh, well, Brandon had every right. You know, it's you that's scared. And I'm like, no, it's not that I'm scared. I'm just being like, you know, cautious. Like, so what do y'all think about that kind of scenario? I think Rob said it perfect, like similar to the takeoff situation. Like 
as far as like I get I get the uh the concern with the hoodie, right? Like, you know, for us as a culture, right? Trayvon, instant connection to that, right? Um, but it's a case of wrong place, wrong time, right? It's like literally if I just wear a hoodie, right, then okay, there's a possibility something might happen. There's a possibility it not, right? Um, and I think that might have been what the psychiatrist was probably alluding to you is that, you know, hey, you can be concerned, right? But at the end of the day, things can go wrong even without the hoodie. If a cop is going to pull Brandon over, a cop's going to pull him over and whatever can happen can happen. I'll give a, a, a quick story of mine. So with my job, I travel a lot, right? So this one particular day, I was uh, coming from uh, from Natchitoches, okay? And I was headed back to town, all right? Now, y'all know, unless y'all go down I-49, you got to take a back road, right? Yeah, okay? Greenwood. So, exactly, right? So, the way I was, you know, routed for that day, I had to go to Cachata, so I only could take a back road from where I was going, right? Mm. So, I kid you not, right? I was going down this country road, and it was a cop that was going around in a circle, like literally in the middle of the road, this is a two-lane road, and he was going around in a circle, okay? All right? So I'm going speed limit, right? I'm good, right? I keep going forward, and then once I pass him, he gets right behind me. Without, no, without not even a minute pass, flashes lights, pulls me over, right? Okay? He comes up to me, once he finally comes up to the uh like to to the window, then he says, "Oh, I I thought your uh your tags was out of date, cause like you know like in Louisiana the heat's so bad that like those your stickers start to peel off. So I had a bunch of duct tape on it, but you could still see the numbers clearly. But yeah, but that's what he said. Oh, I thought your your tags was out of date. Mm -mm. Okay, ha have a good day, sir. See what I'm saying?" And I didn't have a single hoodie on, right? Like, I had my uniform on. I had my work uniform, right? So, literally, this is something that can happen in any scenario, unfortunately, right? I think it's just, once again, that hoodie takes us back to a particular event that sticks in all of our heads, right? So, yeah, but, but the reality is, man, like, it, yeah, it's... And this is a point that a lot of people don't understand about. And, and this could be maybe, maybe it may, and CJ, I see where you're saying, because a lot of this stuff does come from fear of a particular incident. One thing that's, that's not particular is that there is, especially why the, not the group, but the message of black lives matter, uh, mm -hmm. be very specific on that right now. Cause a lot Please. of y'all, y'all, <laughs> y'all, not, not the organization, not the organization people. Okay. The message of Black Lives Matter. The message. The message is because you have these incidents like with the George Floyds, you have the uh uh the Sandra Blands, and you have the Micah Ferguson's. And so, like, it's not even like being especially coming from Louisiana, we know about, you know, hey boy, you know, like so it's like we as black men, we and black women too, because we're Sandra Bland, but like it's like we are walking targets, it feels like. 
whether it's from our own community or or somebody that's had a bad day. I'm not gonna put cops in the bubble, but like you know, because we and even right now, uh, rest in peace to uh, Shaquilla Robinson. Like you know, what's going on with that? You know, and it's just, I feel like we are expendable. You know what I mean? Like we we can just, and I hate that, and that's kind of and doesn't mean I give up on my race, but it feels like, man, like we don't, we don't have a fighting chance sometimes, you know? I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. We, we have to learn as a culture to bite back. The reason why events like this keep happening as frequently as they happen is because the oppressors that are doing this don't fear the ramifications of their actions for instance right what's the old adage uh what don't uh take food or don't take food from you know a, a dog or something or whatever i y'all know what i'm getting at yeah. right okay yeah. exactly you don't want to put your hand out while a dog is eating because why he's gonna bite he the hell out eat. of you okay mm-hmm. so it's like if these oppressors if if these bad apples right if they knew that as a culture, because one or two individuals ain't going to be enough, if they knew they could get quote-unquote canceled as a result of their act- actions instantly, then they'll be less liable to do this. Now, is this going to stop it all right? Of course not, right? But it will be more preventative. Well, I mean, some things have to change within your legal system as well. Mm. Like that and that goes and back to fight back, but I mean, there's something bigger than us as well. I mean, like, elaborate a little bit more on that. Like, you're saying, like, if we, uh, if we bite back, that's supposed to change everything. But doesn't this have to go to something higher, like courts and stuff like that? If you're letting like the people who are doing this does get away with it, like in court, then what are they to fear? But that's what I'm saying. Like we have power players. Like let, let, let's not, let's not uh, skirt past the, the fact that we have power players in the culture. Now the question is, are we all utilizing our resources together? See, the issue is we're not working as a unit. That's the issue, right? Because I guarantee you this. Think about the amount of power LeBron has by himself. Just by himself. He's a billionaire, right? Mm-hmm. A billionaire. That's resource. And that's not even counting his social resources, right? But that's just one example of a power player, right? That can make a lot shake just by himself, right? If he chose to, though, let's, let's it, be specific. See, that's, that, and see, that's let's what be, I'm saying. If he Key chose word is to, as a culture, yeah. like this has to be a unit thing. Like, look, I mean, re- regardless of how each of us feels about the Kyrie situation, the reason why that's going down is because that culture as a whole chose, hey, you ain't finna say this about our, you ain't finna say this. We finna shut you down. And we're gonna talk more, and we're gonna actually address this Kyrie situation. I want to get the guys take on this whole Kyrie situation and it may, may not cancel us, but we're going to talk about it 
On the other side of the break, make sure you stay tuned to the Straight Up Show podcast. Votación es un derecho, un privilegio y una responsabilidad. Muchos han hecho el máximo sacrificio solo para que podamos tener la capacidad de votar sobre lo que creemos que es mejor para nosotros y nuestra comunidad. Así que aquí en Straight Up te pedimos que investigues, deja que tu voz sea escuchado y que estés orgulloso de decir I Straight Up votó. Hey, welcome to a brand new episode of the Straight Up Show podcast. I am your host, Calvin. And it provides a place for community members to come together and just be straight up with each other. There's only one rule to our show. You gotta be. Hey everybody out there, I'm Sutan Salahuddin. From Southside, season three is out right now on HBO Max. Make sure you tune in and make sure you tune into the Straight Up Podcast show whenever you are online. Peace. All right, welcome back to the Straight Up Show podcast. I'm your host, Calvin. Joined today by my co-host, or not my co-host, my guest. Uh, we your co-host for the day. We your co-host for the day. It's okay. Let's go. We got Robbie, David, and CJ. How are you guys doing? Thank you once again. For coming on the show today, like I said, just we 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 want to talk about just us as black men and give you our thoughts, black men. Now, some of y'all listening right now, you might not, you might have checked out by now, but I think that with this episode, we want to steer the fact that we are here, we do exist, and we are important. And sometimes when it's in this world, you don't care that we exist, and it goes on both sides, men, women, uh, black, white. You you act like we don't exist, but we're here. And you know, when it comes to seeing aggressive stuff like that, like we're not being aggressive. We have a voice too. And then whether it's relationships, hey, well, you can't complain about how I'm treating you. No, we can't. Because even though we're black men, we we have feelings too. And we're gonna talk about that. But for right now, what's been going on in the media right now, as the day of this recording, uh Kanye West, Kyrie Irving. Uh, they have been doing a lot of talking uh, in the media. Now, if you've been on a rock, uh, know about Kyrie Irving. He says some, uh, he didn't say anything, really. He just posted a tweet of a movie he saw uh, that he says is an anti-Semitic movie uh, called with Jewish slave ships. Uh, the name of the movie was called uh, Hebrews to Negroes Wake Up Black America. And uh, the synopsis of this book, it was a it was a book turned to a movie. Uh, the synopsis of this 
uh, is the book of the book Hebrews to Negroes, Wake Up Black America. It touches on subjects too controversial for most authors to read, to reveal to people. But this book will expose the truths that have been hidden by the powers that be in America, that been in America uh, since the European Arab slave traders stepped foot unto Africa. Blacks have been told lies about their heritage. This is something, uh, sorry, my bad, I'm reading this verbatim. This was all by, the, the author says this was all by Satan's design for the fathers of lies. This is a stereotypical expression to say, if you want to hide something from black a black person, put it in a book. Wow. Uh, so Kyrie reposted this and tweeted this on social media to where he just retweeted it. He didn't have any captions to it. He just put that on there. So uh, people took offense to it. They said that the, his actions were anti-Semitic uh, anti and that it hurt the Jewish community. Now, not, I don't really care about politics as much as people think I do. I really don't. Uh, you know, I have an episode called Shut Up and Dribble. Uh, so and I'm not going to tell you what's about. Just go listen to it. But it talks about how basketball players and athletes should just shut up and dribble. But I was saying that they should have a platform. They should use it to the best way they can. Kyrie has over, you know, over 10 million followers on social media to where they may think a certain way about this we'll have, without having an explanation about what the movie was about. Working in media, I know how things can be twisted. <laughs> and so the media had a storm about Kyrie saying some anti-Semitic stuff, which he defended himself saying that he was not seeing anti-Semitic stuff, but the media turned out that he hates Jews and stuff like that. Uh, so he got suspended. And, and at this point, he's due to go back to the team, but they have given him some classes to take. He donated money, which the Jewish community denied the money to, you know, donation. So, but he has got basically blacklisted in the NBA so far and the media. Uh, but I want to get the gentleman's take on this whole Kyrie situation about what he posted and uh, your thoughts about that. So first off, first off, um, and this is something that I, we actually spoke about on uh, another podcast that I'm on, uh, on her, on her word a couple, couple weeks ago. This is something that, you know what I'm saying? We're terming, you know, um, the term that I like to use for this is called um, the media lynching. Um, so if you were to go back to slave day and early post-slavery, whenever it was thought or it was felt that, you know, a black man or even a black woman got too far out of line during that time frame, what the whites in that community would do is they would basically make an example out of that person. This person is getting too over the line. And so what they would do is they would literally make a public spectacle out of that person. And they made sure that they did it in front of that person's whole community. So basically, you can see this as an example. When they hung them from those trees, you can see this as an example that this is what's going to happen to you if you step out of line. This is what's going to happen to you if you try to bring these ideas. And the thought behind that was, by me teaching you this lesson and by you seeing that this is going to happen to you you should know to keep your mouth silent or not say anything or don't do what this person did or you'll end up like them um there were similar tactics like this throughout slavery time that where they use something the term book breaking where basically if there was they would take the stronger male 
or the warrior males of the group. And they would literally tie them up and beat them, rape them in some cases, maim them, cut off their testicles, all type of things. And they would do it in front of their family, their kids, and the community to show them that basically they did this to demasculinate that man and basically to take the strength or the power from the group. So now you fall in line. Now, thanks to social media versus this having to be done on an instant by instant, you can now do this one time and the whole world can see it. Millions can see it. And that's one of the reasons why with an attack to a Kanye or with the attack that goes to Kyrie or with the attack that goes to uh, this, Nick Cannon have to go through something similar. When they do these things to these people and they put it on this social platform like this, it's done in a way and in a manner to embarrass them and to basically show the world or all of us and other celebrities that may have the money or that may have the influence that if you say the wrong thing, we can take your money, we can take your business, we can take your livelihood, we can take the future money you're going to make, we can pretty much do every, anything. And honestly and truthfully, for some of our other leaders in the past, like Martin Luther King, uh, Malcolm X, things of that nature, they literally killed them, period. It was done to show that if you step outside of line, basically we cannot let this be, simply put, we can't let these Negroes get out of line. And if they did it, they did this to show that you better get back in line. So this is what's happening. And unfortunately for, for Kyrie, Kyrie, you know what I'm saying, it's he, they don't want him to stand out as, as a leader because they, don't, they know that he has a strong following. So therefore, they had to do what they had to do to try to shut him down ahead of time. The good thing about him is that he's educated. No, he has gone and he has read. It's very true. It's been said for decades and generations that if you want to hide something from Black men, put it in the book. And that's very, very true. Instead of us going, and before I get in, in too deep on this, we Black people, hello, white, white America, everybody else, Asian, Jewish, Hindu, whatever y'all are, hello, how you doing? I'm David, smile. Okay, so when we talk about our search for our identity, and when we talk about learning our history, and when we talk about trying to make something out of ourselves. And when we talk about having Black pride, and when we talk about Black Lives Matter, not the organization, but just the thought and the think of it, we are not saying that we hate any of you. We are just saying that we want love for ourselves. We are just saying that we want acceptance for ourselves. We are just saying that we want better for ourselves. The fact of the matter is, it's been generations now, and they say it's just slavery, it's just slavery. No, it's not just slavery. It's things that have happened after slavery. But from the time of slavery up to now, we are born and raised and taught by media, by schools, by the, just the laws that have been legally set in place for generations and decades. We have been taught that basically in this country, we are nothing. We have been taught that in this country, we're not accepted. 
And it's not just in this country, because when an African-American goes to other countries, we also get treated the same way by them. We are treated as though we are not important. We are treated as though our money is no good. We are treated as though we do not belong. And all we want to do is say, hey, we belong. Now, about 80% of us, not all, because some were already here. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. But a greater percentage of us who are here didn't plan to be here in the first place. See, that's the difference. You got immigrants from the Irish and from Mexico and from everywhere else. They came here. They hopped on ships and planes and whatever they did, and they come here. A lot of our people were taken, forced to come here, made to come here, starved to come here, crammed in ships to come here, beaten to come here, killed to come here. Then bring us here. This whole country was built mainly on the backs of blacks and slaves. Other indigenous servants followed, like the Indians, but mainly on our backs. Then they came in and they totally destroyed our family construct by separating families, by mating, you know what I'm saying? You find a good strong you know, buck and you use them to make women and then you ship them down the road or you take the children and sell them somewhere else or the families are pushed somewhere else. So now you have generations and generations of people who now they've grown up and they cannot find their history. So there is no family. And that continues, not just through slavery. So people are like, well, it ain't just slavery. It's get over slavery, you weren't there. You may say that, you, that we were not there, but we still have grandparents who are alive that caught the end of that. So we still do have some family that went through slavery. And we still feel their pain too. Like we and still, we still feel, feel their Exactly. It's been scientifically proven that the stress and the strain and the troubles and the traumas that have gone on have followed through generations. Now, this is totally accepted. And I this is totally accepted when we talk about you know, our Jewish brother because they went through the Holocaust. And I'm going to say this Holocaust was a real thing. So I'm not going to sit and say that Holocaust did not happen. It definitely happened. It's a real thing. It's a part of history. It happened to them. There's no way that we can go neglect this. And before we do that, I'm not going to neglect that. But what I am going to say is, if we can accept the fact that they went through the Holocaust and it's been scientifically proven that their great, 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 great grandchildren still have suffering and there's changes in their DNA and their traits from what their great, 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 great grandparents went through and they weren't there. Then everything that we've gone through is the same. It affects our mindset. It affects a lot of the issues that we have, a lot of the disgruntlement. So let's look at it this way. First, you break up the families during the slavery time. So you have kids who are growing up without families. You have kids who are growing up without a man there to teach them, right? You have women that are growing up or having to come up and raise families on their own. So now you have this single mother complex that's going on as well. And disdain for men. Then after slavery, you have all these government programs that have been in place for the longest that basically tell the woman that the government will give you money to take care of your rent and will give you food, 
And as long as you don't bring a man into the house. Incentivizing them. You exactly. You incentivize keeping the family apart. And that man's not there to raise those children. Then you have a war on drugs, which mind you, ain't no man sitting up here mixing up chemicals to make some cocaine or to make some this that, and the other that got dropped in our neighborhoods. We didn't make. All we want to do is maybe chop up some weed. We ain't messing with heroin and this, that, and the other. Somebody else dropped this into our neighborhoods. Then you want to have a war on those drugs, which locks up a large percentage of black men in our communities. So once again, these children don't have the males that they need. These families are once again being broken up. Then the movies, the media, the music, the, everything that you see that's being promoted. And once again, millions to billions of dollars get pumped in from the industry, from people who are over these companies today to push and support music about, I'm going to kill my brother, I'm going to shoot you, you're the opposition, this, that, and the other. And the fact of the matter is, brother, that brother ain't your opposition. That brother is another somebody's daughter, somebody's son, somebody's cousin, somebody's aunt, somebody's uncle, and when it's all said and done, when you switch it around, we all some kind of kin somewhere along the line. And as noted with me and Robbie, like, just case in point. Case in point. But this was pushed. So you have all these different levels. Go ahead, Calvin. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, keep going. Okay, so you have all these different levels or all these different ranges, year after year, decade after decade, century after century, and but they want to look at us like, well, what's your problem? Hell, this is our problem. But we don't have a right to have an issue. We don't have a right to be all confused and messed up and angry, and this is our problem. And that's where they get that term, like, angry black man, like, just, oh, he's angry. I'm like, it's not that we're angry, is that like if a baby and this sounds this is probably a bad <laughs> analogy, but like if a if a newborn baby is crying, you know they want something. And you give them a bottle, they're still crying. Or they, eventually you find they're sleepy. So it, it's like with us, we're screaming to y'all. We're screaming. We're screaming, hey, we matter, we're here. Like, give us attention. But it's like you just neglecting us. And I wanted, before we kind of end this part one of this episode, uh, I want to hear from CJ and Robbie. Uh, start with Robbie. Take on it is he's being penalized for his craft. Like, if he wasn't a famous basketball player, would we be making this big of a deal out of it? We, we wouldn't. No. We wouldn't be making that big of a deal about it. All right. Um, matter of fact, let, let me go with it like this. All right. So, to go back to the Tulsa bombing. Tulsa, what made Black Wall Street so dangerous? It was the fact that we owned it all. There was literally nothing legally you could do to stop that. So the end result was, okay, well, we got to blow it up. Okay, um, the opposite is happening with Kyrie because even though you know he's a talented young man, right? And you know, he's gone over the years, right? Building his career, 
it's under the umbrella of the NBA, which we don't own, right? Like that's the sad reality of this situation is that ultimately like the leaders, right? The owners of that organization, he's an employee of that organization, which means whether you agree with it or not, you gotta tap dance or you have to abide by whatever laws and bylaws that that they that yeah. they yeah that they inscribe so i mean we're, it, it we're... is what it is it sucks but that just goes back to the importance of ownership in our culture like we're, we're talking about solutions right mm. It, it it's ownership, man. Like what we got to get to the point to where we're stop. We're not so dependent on other cultures or outside forces. Let's just say that, right? Mm -hmm. Of outside forces to get to these points where we need to be. Like we just talked about the hip hop situation in the last segment, right? It's like, okay, you mean to tell me the only route to become a mainstream or a successful artist? is you have to go through these few major record labels? Yeah. What did Charles Barkley say? He was like, you, you can't, I can't give you $35 million and you're going to insult me. You can't, your boss can't pay you $35 million. And you to insult, exactly. Yeah. And see, and that's what I'm getting for anybody that might be upset about, you know, Shaq and Barkley and them, right? Like, understand that, bruh, like, the reality is they are under somebody else's ownership. So they got to play the game. You got to play the game. Once again, you don't have to agree with that concept at all, right? But you do have to understand that that's the situation. And it's not until we put ourselves in positions to where, okay, we own this platform. So now you can say it. You own straight up. So you can say what you want to say, right? So. So that's what we got to do, man. I, I I hate it for Kyrie that this had to happen, you know. But once again, uh, D Dave, you you said it perfectly, bro. Like, you know, uh, this is that example of, hey, we want you here. So when you get above where we want you to be, we're going to make an example out of not just you, but anybody else that thinks they want to try and disrupt the system. And this this sounds I don't know how people look at this. Like I I really have hood heroes, and like I'm educated twice over, like, and but I still have hood heroes, and a lot of people may frown upon it or like, even laugh at that, but to me, Master P is a success story to me. Like Master P, and you don't hear about Master Master P going through conflict and Absolutely. even even in the rap game. Like there was a story about Master P or Suge Knight. He was like. Uh, you know, if you come to California, uh, one of us gotta leave. And he was like, Master P said, when are you packing? You know, like, cause you weren't gonna be into the drug game. You weren't gonna be in like, so Master P is one of my biggest heroes because like, doesn't matter if it's a bad idea, he's gonna keep trying. Like, and he keeps giving back to his community. Like, you know, so like, even with the story about Snoop Dogg, if you hear about Snoop Dogg's story, like Snoop Dogg had no money. You know, and Master P said, like, you're my brother. I know I don't care about the West Coast, East Coast beef. Like, 
you do your job, I got you. You get you talented. And so, and Snoop would tell you, you know, but like Master P, think about all the stuff he has, like the, the merchandise, the rap snacks and all that stuff. Like he's constantly trying to like be his own person. And guess what? Master P is worth a lot of money. And you don't hear about Master P a lot, but he's in the background making business deals. Another one, Chameleonaire. We know about him. Better talk about it. But like Stay these are once again, these are once again black men that you don't hear about on TV and stuff like that, but they're in the community in the background making millions of dollars the right way because they are their own entrepreneur. And like these are icons that I look up to that you might not look at. And I think that we need more uh how can I put it? we need more public publicity of these men. Like what Master P does, it, it it blows my mind because that same mentality is going to other rappers like Boosie, you know, and uh, people like that, like, in case of point, Master P, once again, like, he knew that he could not live in Louisiana making all that money and knowing that the, there are people that he makes more money than that has a different skin color than he is. So the smart thing was to get around other people who made more money, than, the same kind of money he did, so that he wasn't a threat to them. You know what I mean? So that's the kind of mentality. We have to move differently as black men. Like we have to realize that we are valuable, that our talents can get us away. But like CJ said, you got or Robbie said, you gotta play the game. You have to play the game. And it sucks, but you have to. And we're gonna wrap this episode up right now. We're gonna have a part two of it because this is a this can't be just a one hour thing. We we have more to talk about. And this is our last season of this podcast. So I want to make sure that we get this conversation because this is a conversation I've been wanting to have with these gentlemen for a long, specifically these gentlemen for a long time. Uh, make sure you catch up on the Barbershop episode. Go to our website, strapshowpodcast.com. That's S-T-R number up, my bad, S-T-R number eight upshowpodcast.com. You can see our previous episodes uh, about different topics just like this. You can look at our merchandise. Also, if you want to support our podcast, you can go to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash strapshowpodcast318. That's patreon.com forward slash strapshowpodcast podcast 318 until then there's only one rule to our show you gotta be straight up straight up straight up